news out of the obstacle racing scene want to stay up to date on the freshest info the latest podiums and hear interviews with the who's who and ocr well you've come to the wrong place well some of that you'll find here but we're not the media this is not orm ocm ocrm orcm this is ocr talk Hello, this is Jason Dupree. And I'm Anna Landry. And you're all listening to episode 59 of OCR Talk. This is a republishing of the recap of the Spartan Games, the episode one re, uh, watch recap. What what do we even call that? <laughs> the, uh, this is our recap of the recap. <laughs> this is our repost of the recap. There you go. There we go. We we watched the OCR of uh, Dang. Do this real good. Uh, <laughs> we watched the first episode of the Spartan Games. You know, if I slow down, that makes it a little easier. I can focus. Right. Um, first episode of the Spartan Games, which was awesome. And we talked about it in a recap episode with the gang from the OCR Report. Will Hicks, Carlo Piscatello, and Mike Stefano. And that's what you're about to hear. So if you listen to the previous episode, you know how... That was a reposting of another kind of roundtable session that we had. This is, was an episode on the OCR report that happened fairly recently here, since the first episode of Spartan Games was last week. So if you've heard that, then stick around just for a few minutes for our intro, but then, you know, hop on off um, once we get into the episode. But we're just going to repost that there. And if you haven't heard it yet, listen here, and then head on back to the OCR <laughs> report and check out Will Hicks's intro, because he always does a great job. Right? Anything? No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I particularly loved his intro to yeah. the Spartan Games episode. Um, oh, was that the one where he talked about Battle Frog? No. That I was a different was one. His... Man, that one yeah. was really good, though. Too. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of Battle Frog. <laughs> speaking of Battle Frog, Battle Frog is coming back with two races in 2021. How about that? I am really excited to see how this shakes out. So, I signed up for my first Battle Frog the year that it went under. <laughs> so I never got to have a Battle Frog experience. So I oh, will definitely be trying to get in on um, one of their events if I can. <laughs> are, you, are you looking to try and do one for 2021? It, yeah, it, I think it just depends on timing and location. Um, well, they're both in know. Florida, so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe. Maybe I'll just stay on my side of the United States. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, we probably all will. Oh, I don't know. Hopefully not. Yeah. We were just talking about how 2021 was was good, even though it was so weird and crazy. But yeah, you know, 2021 could be a lot more of the, the similar situations. But we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I hope to do uh, some Battle Frogs come here in the future as well. And if they do it right, then they can keep the race going instead of petering out at some point. Uh, Will Hicks did a great job uh, talking to, who was Garfield it? Griffiths. Yep. And they had an awesome conversation. So it was really cool to hear some of the backstory about how this came back uh, to be. So that's going to be exciting. 
I'm really interested to see if they'll do it because if they do it right, <laughs> then they'll definitely find success because I think everybody next year is just going to be really itching to go do an event. Yeah. And, you know, they've got they've got a following already. You know, people know yeah. what to expect from them in, in a way. And they were already saying they're going to do multi-lap stuff, too. And then possibly in, you know, to come 2022, they might even go back to the uh, 24 hour stuff. Like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff on the horizon that the race had done right that could get copied and done again just without all the baggage that brought them down in the first time. So, <laughs> so hopefully lesson learned and we'll see them again in 2022. Yes. Um, you are about to listen to the recap of episode one of the Spartan Games. Now, this happened back in, what was it, September, October, November, somewhere in there last year. Something like that. Uh, this year. Wait, when did this happen? It was <laughs> It was definitely recorded? sometime in the fall because Vermont looked yes. amazing and the water was very, very cold. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't, so yeah, it wasn't uh, crazy long ago, but it was at least a couple months, right? Yeah, I definitely Maybe. feel like it was end of September, October. That sounds um, about right. Yeah. So, yeah, their production of this event they did, you know, 12 men, 12 women from all sorts of disciplines brought to Joe's farm up in Vermont and doing these this gambit of different uh, co uh, competitions, Spartan-type com competitions, some CrossFit-style, you know, DecaFit, Spartan stuff. And then like trail running and long distance swimming and all kinds of other stuff. So really cool. The production value of it was fantastic. If you have not watched it, do not listen to this before you go and watch that episode first. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You have been <laughs> alerted. At this point in time, episode two just aired today and it was also awesome. So I'll leave it at that. But... <laughs> You know, I have not watch watched it. it yet. So, <laughs> um, before we pass it on to that, one thing I did notice coming back to this because you know these two episodes have already happened. One of the notes that I put down was that the trailer that they put for the episode or for the show is it, at the very very end of it. You see Ryan Atkins exclaim about somebody beating him by one second, and then he curses like he kind of has he has uh i'd say it's a little bit out of character for him in the way he acts in this trailer and i can say watching two episodes we haven't seen him we haven't seen that happen yet so i don't know where that happens in the uh, in the publication but it's uh definitely something interesting very interested to see what that's all about yeah i'm gonna be really upset if that's like something they recorded after that first spartan cross Please. event prefabricated piece, right yeah. and it, it because it's so out of character for him like that they <laughs> oh, yeah, knew that right. was going to get people's attention and they're just never going to show <laughs> it in the show <laughs> but yeah i remember thinking specifically like who has ryan atkins all worked up like that like this is like i think carlo mentioned it um how josiah uh whenever ryan saw josiah show up to um the spartan games he was like oh oh man like who, who is this guy that has Ryan Atkins so, uh, you know, so yeah. nervous about competition? <laughs> what is that guy's background again? Um, the... I think he's a fat bike. Um, 
That's right. He had some. He has some very interesting accolades. Yeah. Fat bike and a couple other things. I forget what they are. That yeah, were really but I think they were equally as diverse as Ryan's yeah. background. Right. Exactly. So yeah, that that definitely made him, uh, you know, think for a moment about it. <laughs> right. But. It definitely put him on notice. But I was like, Ryan Atkins curse? Like, I'm sure, duh, he's human. Like, I'm sure he curses. But like, <laughs> aired on YouTube? What? <laughs> right. What's that about? <laughs> All right, well, before we let them get into the episode and listen to the recap after they've watched it, uh, <laughs> let's mention real quick, thank you to the OCR Report for being uh, letting us be a part of that that group. And, you know, make sure you check out our uh, our post, our website, our episodes get posted on the OCRReport.com and everybody else's does as well. And then also, uh, we all together have a Threadless shop. So there's an OCR Report theocrreport.threadless.com, which is where you can get merch for our show and all of their shows as well. So you can get not only t-shirts and stickers and buttons, but you can also get weird stuff like skateboards and shower curtains. So go check that out. We are going to do giveaways. If you miss, missed the last episode, be uh, excited to know that we're going to be doing an Adurly giveaway once a month come January here. So not only do we have a code for 10% off ref 10 it's changed a little bit ref 10 dash OCR dash report gets you 10% off those proceeds go to us which we use for more giveaways so win-win yay giveaways we're also going to give away a t-shirt of some sort either the extra soft the tri-blend or the performance t-shirt of your choice of your podcast choice from the merch store, theosareport.threadless.com, to whoever comments on these two episodes that we're about to put out in just a few minutes. <laughs> uh, whether you comment on Facebook or Instagram, make sure if you want to enter into Endurly, you mention that. Otherwise, you'll be entered into uh, a t-shirt giveaway just by simply commenting on Instagram or Facebook. So there you go. Yep. So the Endurlite giveaway, the um, giveaway is running until January. So you still got time to get your entry in. Um, don't blow up our inboxes with multiple entries because then we'll just ignore you. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so giveaway in January for a tub of Performalite and um, the giveaway for the shirt at threadless.com. The OCR report threadless.com. There we go. Don't worry. I, I won't ignore you. <laughs> I mean, I might. Do you I check our getting, inboxes? Uh, every once in a while, if I get a notification, I I just hate like those Instagram giveaways where they're like tag multiple times for multiple entries, and I'm like, no, no, oh, that's okay. Yes. You know, yeah. So that's what I'm referring to. I also <laughs> I don't, don't care do for giveaways where they say tag two friends that you want, blah blah, blah whatever, and then I yeah. get some random tag about something <laughs> I don't care about. You don't got to tag anybody. You don't have to do anything crazy or silly or special. Just comment in any form or fashion. Yes. You and let us, us know which giveaway. Tell us <laughs> F off. We'll still, we'll send you a shirt and tell you to F off with that shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> a personal handwritten love note. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you hate it. Here's the shirt. <laughs> hope it chafes. Just kidding. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Anna, you want to share before we wrap this up and let them get into the episode? 
Nope, I got nothing. I enjoyed um, recording this with you guys, and I'm looking forward to. Um, I think there's a recap episode that Will uh, was maybe doing with some more members of the OCR yeah. community. It might come up uh, like tomorrow or Friday, but I don't think Something I will like be that. on that one. Yep, nor will I. But, but yeah, the OCR is going to do a recap for every episode of the Spartan Games. So. Yes, so definitely keep on the lookout for those. Awesome. Take care. Bye, guys. Mike Stefano, Jason Dupree, Carlo Piscatello, and Anna Landry. Welcome back to the show. How are you guys? Thank you, Will. Doing great. Good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you, Will. So this week, the Spartan Games premiered, episode one. We're going to talk about the overall event and then break down each of the individual competitions. Got to talk about it, give our thoughts on it, and then... At the end, we'll talk about episode two, see, predict what we think is going to happen, and uh, just kind of break it down. Let's just start out. Mike Stefano, what did you think of the Spartan Games? Uh, first off, I thought it was very well edited. Uh, I got one of those texts from Joe Senna, you know, that, that fake number of his, uh, saying, you know, this is the best quality uh, Spartans ever put out. And my first reaction was, okay, the bar's somewhat low there, uh, but they knocked it out of the park. I thought it was very, very well done. Um, uh, I'm very impressed with the quality and uh, I'm a big fan of the athletes. So I was super excited to watch that. Um, but it should be interesting to see how the points roll out and everything. First of all, that's not a fake number. That's a real number. I have one of those too. And I, <laughs> I talked to my listeners on it and it's very real. So anyway, Jason, what did you think of the Spartan games? I really, I did love the, the production value of it. The, the show itself was really good. But the biggest thing that was interesting to me is just that it wasn't a it wasn't the best show for watching a competition. It really was more in line with a reality show. You get some competition, but more it was just about the drama and they just didn't have enough shots and coverage of the actual, you know, com- competing. Carla, what did you think of the reality show versus competition aspect? Uh, I think Jason's got a good point, although I, I definitely, I think some of the events like the swim in particular are probably difficult to really do well as far as filming goes. So I give him a pass on that, but yeah, I, I, I think anytime you have this kind of a format, especially with some of the personalities they have, you're, I mean, it's definitely makes sense to, to play to those a little bit. Right. So overall though, I really, I really enjoyed the first episode. I, I had very little as far as expectations going into it. So, so far, I think it's been really good. And yeah, it was still, it, it was really enjoyable still. It's just, I couldn't quite tell like which one, which version of it would I rather have. I want to see both to be honest. Anna, what did you think of the competition versus drama aspect? Um, I mean, there was definitely some drama, right? Like right off the bat <laughs> in the first competition, but um, it was, it was entertaining. Um, definitely liked Again, the production value and everything is way better than watching, you know, their Spartan team challenge thing that they oh, attempted. Oh, I've forgotten about that. Yeah, it was it was definitely a step up. <laughs> I, I said this in my last episode on World Souls Podcast, but I feel like they've cracked it. They've solved, like, this is, like, the kind of the middle ground between the documentary race style, which I love. They're great races. We You know, we know, and for us, we know most of the athletes, so we don't need the backstory and and the other extreme is that Spartan team challenge show, which was not good. And it's like, it's kind of, they're trying to thread this needle right in the middle. And uh, I think they've kind of cracked the, uh, the secret there. 
Yeah, it just took a global pandemic and YouTube. <laughs> you know, if hundreds of thousands of never mind, I'm not gonna say it. At least there is a something Whoa. good to come out of twenty twenty. No, I'm not gonna say it. it's that's tasteless. It's I'm glad that you know what they said it actually i think uh, mike morris said it in the intro or the beginning first five minutes like like people want to you know watch something and we got to re got you know got to do something we have to make something and you can tell they kind of went out to their sponsors and said hey we're doing this event private small event um some of the like the the swim like that's a natural fit with a wetsuit sponsor right like it's just hey we're doing a swim let's get a wetsuit sponsor awesome but then they also went the other way, like, hey, let's go to this uh, sledgehammer company or whatever, at, or, or whatever. You know, that the like, and let's make, like hey, hey, sledgehammer company or Kaiser. Yeah, yeah. If you sponsor us, we'll make an event around it. Like they went the other way for that event. So, yeah. Well, it was interesting that they didn't have a TV broadcast uh, sponsor. You know, there were no CBS or any of, or Fox or anything. It was, let's make it on our own. Let's put it on YouTube. Um, so it's awesome that they, they went for it and did it. Let's talk like about- it was so last minute that they didn't even have time to really shop around <laughs> with that idea. I'm not sure. Probably. Well, that was probably to their benefit too, because like imagine watching that on like NBC or Fox or something. And then you have like shots of athletes drinking body armor or, you know, like close up shots of all the sponsors. And you're like, uh, I could do without all those. And they still did. I mean, they definitely got those. A little in bit. I mean, yeah. There was like a like in the first couple seconds. There's a weird random shot of like something that said Harley Davidson, and I was like, Ah, yes, yeah, yeah. Those bills aren't going to pay themselves. Well, Mike uh, spelled it out pretty well to the athletes. Like, these are our sponsors, so here's yeah. what you're going to be drinking. <laughs> yeah. So, episode one of the Spartan Games included three events. The first one was the Spartan Cross. Second was the open water swim. The third was the Highland Games. Highland Games had three mini events inside of it. The Spartan Stones, the Kaiser Sledgehammer, right, and the, help me with the third one, the Tug of War. Kaiser Sled Challenge is what it's called. Uh, let's talk about the Spartan Cross first. What did you guys think of the Spartan Cross? Let's talk about the men's race first. Uh, Carlo, what did you think of the Spartan Cross? Yeah, uh, I thought the men's race went kind of as expected really um i, I kind of figured going into it it was going to be either atkins or hunter and that's that's kind of how it turned out although looking at the times i think atkins won by like four minutes or something like that so and then um it was what kent came in third and he was a couple of minutes behind hunter so i think it went kind of as as predicted it was it was fun to watch because i think a lot of folks when especially when it was just because someone's like a really good athlete and you bring them to an OCR course, I think they kind of get the sense that like, well, I can probably figure that out. I can do that pretty easily or whatever. And it was, you got to definitely see that, you know, some of the athletes from other disciplines definitely struggled, especially having to do the, the obstacles over and over and over. Like, I think a lot of them could probably get through that course once or twice, but having to do it so many times, five times, I think it was, they definitely lost their grip. Um, and, and that her is no joke either. So yeah, I think it was fun to watch um, from that aspect. Anna, one of the most interesting parts of the men's race was the drama between Hunter McIntyre and Aaron Newell. Uh, Hunter slapped Aaron in the chest and then touched, punched, hit. I don't know. He touched him. <laughs> there was definitely physical contact. Yes. Uh, and then Aaron tossed his bucket 
Like those buckets are heavy and he threw yeah. it hard. Looks like it hit Hunter in the back. Anna, right. what did you think of that uh, well, interaction? So you include Hunter with anything and like you expect there to be drama. And I think he intentionally does that to like kind of set the tone for the other athletes, like kind of calling out everybody and just saying like putting them on notice and saying like, Hey, y'all better be on your game. Cause we're all competing for a hundred thousand dollars. Right. Um, but yeah, whenever I initially saw it, it did kind of look like as he was running by Aaron, it looked like a, I don't know, like, Hey, you're out here running with the pros or whatever he meant by that (laughs) physical interaction. But I definitely didn't expect Aaron to respond in kind in that way. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, that was, that was interesting. Mike on the score sheet, the entire episode after that event, it had Hunter scores and Aaron scores with an asterisk next to it says uh, pending penalties. What do you think they're going to do as far as penalties? So I'm not too sure. I I thought that was probably the weakest point of the episode to me is when they had Mike Morris and Hunter standing next to each other. And Mike's supposed to be like this big professional, like, okay, I'm, you know, the referee here. And Hunter just like makes him look like a small, uh, (laughs) insignificant. I mean, Hunter does that naturally, like physically the way that he looks. Um, But I I just thought that was interesting. So I don't know. I think it could be a little bit of nothing and they just could be hyping it up for next episode. Uh, but I wasn't at all really surprised to see that um, Aaron threw the bucket on Hunter. Like they hate each other. They've hated each other for a while. <laughs> and uh, it's just kind of funny to see that play out. How much of that do you think they were playing up for the cameras and how much of that is genuine dislike? Uh, I think it's pretty genuine. Um, I know that they don't like each other. I think the maybe the bucket might've been specifically for, uh, for the, the, the video, but I, I don't, they, they, they've, they don't like each other. <laughs> you know, Jason, one thing that Hunter and Aaron have in common that you and I do not is that they both have chosen to grow mullets on purpose. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think they're both guys that like to get attention and a mullet draws a lot of attention. So why not? They got the big gold locks to do it. <laughs> the result. Oh, go ahead. No, jump in. Can I, I want to ask a question of everyone um, because I, when I first, when I first watched the interaction, it, it did seem like Hunter's thing. And again, they don't show you a whole lot of video of Hunter's smack or whatever you want to call it, but it did kind of seem to me just like a, like a bro slap and I can't yeah. tell intensity. The thing that actually caught my eye was the next day when Atkins made his Facebook or he made a social media post about it. And he was like, yeah, I was right there. And I saw Hunter slap Aaron and he put like hard, like all caps. Like, so he made a point to kind of point out that he hit him like harder than maybe than it looked. So that was the only time I've ever thought like, Ooh, maybe, maybe he gave him a really good shot. I don't know. Cause I mean, I don't know to, to, to throw the bucket just seems like that's a pretty, that's a pretty extreme answer to what yeah. seemed like a pretty like benign little smack, but I don't know. I wasn't there. So yeah, the bucket throw seemed a little excessive to me. <laughs> Some of it, I think, could be relationships, too. Like, if someone that I am friends with and that I love and that is like a, you know, comes up and kind of like, you know, punches you in the ribs gently, kind of whatever, you'd be like, all right, yeah. But if someone like you genuinely do not like comes up and does that, like, it could be disrespectful. And like, that's a good point. Like, it's fight. Like, if, if, if you or I were to do something on a course to each other versus, you know, me and someone I do not like, I, I don't know if I'd throw a bucket, 
but I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be excited about it. So I can, I can see right. it being just the relationship kind of can dictate the way it was received. That's actually a good point. Yeah. Yeah. This is Maybe also Hunter... not the first time that he's done that too. Like he's done it in like, I believe TMX too. He slapped Isaiah Vidal. Like they, he slaps a lot of people. And I think it's very much more disrespect than like inflicting pain. You know, what's funny, but I thought about that too. The Isaiah one Hunter was kind of the recipient. Like Isaiah kind of started that fight. And then I wonder if you never know, like if that was in the back of Hunter's mind, like he remembered that and I'm not, I'm this one's going to go differently or anyway, because Atkins and Hunter kind of aligned with each other on that after Isaiah did, this is like three years ago drama. Right. Yeah. But then, so after this happened with, I got it, this just sounds like a soap opera almost, but after <laughs> Hunter and Aaron had his thing, like a couple events later is the tug of war and everybody and Hunter is going up against, uh, Kurt, uh, what's Majit. it? Kurt Majit, Majit. Majit. The, the NFL guy. And everyone is over on Kurt's side, like coaching him up, like do it fast. He's got more endurance than you. So you need to be fat. Like Hunter, Hunter didn't have a big cheering squad for that. So I wonder, anyway, yeah. it's just interesting to watch. Well, there was also a point in the episode where even, um, even Ryan had said that, yeah, Hunter's pushed me over in rivers before on yeah. courses and everything. So it's not unlike him to do something like that during a race. And we've never, I've never seen that at least like on camera. Yeah. And I feel like I've watched most of what Spartans put out. So that might've happened like just in the heat of the battle. This isn't for TV. This is just like, I want to beat you kind of thing, or I'm going to yeah. anyway, but Hunter, Hunter knows where the cameras are. Like he is a hundred percent aware of, course. of that. hundred percent. Yeah. And I swear, like, it seems like 80% of the things out of that guy's mouth are, are just like made for TV quotes. It's like, he knows he's, he's, he's a veteran of not just the sport, but also just television in general, you know, and he's been to the WWE training stuff. So it's like, he gets it. He knows how to be a heel. And I love it. I love it. <laughs> Did you hear Hunter talking about being a dancer in the woods? Dancer in the woods. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the women's race, the women's Spartan cross. And Lindsay Webster won it. Corinna Coffin came in second. Nicole Miracle in third. Uh, Jason, what did you think of the women's Spartan Cross? I, I think after that, it made me look at how many obstacle course racers were actually in the events. I think the guys had maybe three, and then the, the women had maybe four. And so that's who you saw on top of that. And then at the bottom, you know, was the women who they were struggling to get through some of the obstacles towards the end of it. Anna, what do you think about the athletes who, you know, like the long distance runners or the people who have no obstacle experience kind of showing, you know what, who I'm thinking about of is the Chelsea Magnus, the adventure racer. Uh -huh. um, there's not going to be a lot of sleep deprivation. This event right. it doesn't look like for these four days, right? Some of these athletes have no, not none, but very little experience in these. What do you think about them? Um, their chances. Um, as far as like the obstacle course race goes i mean they they did their damnedest but actually what i was what i found interesting was faith the bodybuilder because like on the women's side it's a lot of the athletes are a very specific body type right and so you see this bodybuilder come in and she is like she's definitely holding her own like she didn't score any points the first couple first couple events but like that last event she just like destroyed that last event yeah, Faith Cook, she actually won all of these strength events. We'll talk about it in a second. Yeah. But she finished 10th in the obstacle course race. And 10th mm -hmm. place is one point versus 25 right. for first place. So, right. And at the end of all three events, Faith is sitting in first place. So, yeah, that's a good point. 
Like, yeah. what did you think? But of- I also think it's uh, interesting to see, because I don't think, and I was trying to think about this uh, whenever I was watching the episode, but I don't think I had ever really seen Corinna Coffin go like he- really head to head with Lindsay and Nicole. So I thought that was really interesting because I had always seen her at like stadium races and like the shorter events. But I thought it was really interesting to see that competition because like Corinna mentioned it too during the episode, like she wanted to show up and like, like, hey, I'm actually like really good at this. <laughs> Have I told you guys my Corinna Coffin story? Have you heard this? So, at, so. at Battle Frog in 2016 in SoCal, I was, you know, I live in Southern California, so I was at the race and you know, like any other, uh, any other OCR, like the, the elites and the regular folks are on the same course at the same time. And so I'm just kind of doing my thing, just like do, 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 do. And you're going over walls and you're going through black tubes and I'm a bigger guy. And I hate those black tubes because once you get in there, like there's not a lot of, you just got to kind of like squeegee your way through. And I'm kind of like, ugh, finally get through this stupid black tube. And as soon as I stand up, Right behind me, Corinna Coffin, the same tube, pops up behind me and starts like running past me. And I was like, I just, she's like, she's competing for money. And I am <laughs> slowing her down. And I had no idea she was behind me. She was, she didn't say anything. She wasn't like, hey, like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like, she was just waiting for me to do, 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 do. Anyway, so I probably cost Corinna Coffin like 500 bucks. Anyway, sorry about that, Corinna. It was cool to see how they were allowing people to get on the obstacles before the race. At least that's how it looked. So they were actually able to, like, think about what techniques they were going to use during the race. And in the past for Spartan, that's been a problem, is that they don't want people getting on the Spartan courses before the race, especially the championship weekend. So it was really, I thought it was awesome to see that, because especially these people who aren't used to these obstacles had a chance to try to figure it out first. What did you think about Grant doing his uh, Lachey there? Like, what, yeah, what was that? That was so amazing. What was that obstacle he was on? Because he literally just jumped to the bar and then lachet and hit the bell. Yeah, I think he was on Twister. Was it <laughs> yeah, Twister? Okay. Like yeah, because he I remember thinking every... specifically, like, that's not how you're supposed to do that, but it still looks really cool. <laughs> are you are you allowed to grab that middle bar like he did? Yeah. I don't know. Like the truss? I don't, I don't think Yeah, you can. Oh, you can? Yeah. He made it look easy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and that's a, that's, a good, that's a good distance. Yeah, yeah he, that, was, that, was, that, really, that was really that was really impressive. I, I thought that was fantastic. That was impressive. Yeah. On the women's side, Ray Coble finished a kind of surprising, disappointing sixth yeah. place. What do you think about that, Mike? Uh, I was kind of surprised by that as well. Um, but I guess if Rare is really known for anything, it's more the longer endurance, um, more on the running side than the obstacle side. So maybe she got a little burnt out, or maybe she kind of realized that you know if she was having a tough time, there's no real point in pushing. Uh, too much because uh just the way that the points are weighed uh, especially in like towards the bottom it's it's interesting it's almost like a learned helplessness uh thing there that if you you know don't do too well you're only going to get like two points or zero points you know so maybe there's more mental kind of conserves some energy i think she also mentioned that it was kind of there was a lot of heavy obstacles in there too so you had the you know, bucket carries and they were doing these multiple times you know normal spartan race you're getting one of those obstacles in a single race but they were doing the hercules horse what five times it was five laps yeah so i think that probably is what hurt her the most any last Two thoughts obstacle deaths. <laughs> any last thoughts on the spartan cross before we move on to the swim yeah i thought it was cool that sam briggs took fourth um, I mean, we know she's going to be good with the strength stuff, right? 
But then I forgot. I guess she had a triathlete background before she got into uh, CrossFit. I think that's what they said. And so it's like the fact that she was able to run, you know, as well with the with the top OCR ladies. I thought that was pretty impressive. Yeah. The second event of the day was the open water swim, a forty-five minute swim around a two hundred meter lap, as many laps as possible. Water is fifty-five degrees warm. Yeah. Can we just start by saying I never want to run. I never want to have to swim for forty-five minutes ever, <laughs> unless my life depends on it. Like that just doesn't seem like like fun at all. Just laps in a pool, Carlo? No, no, not at all. <laughs> and I like swimming, but not like that. Anna, what did you think of the open water swim? That was interesting too. Um, I, I was really surprised to see some of the uh, some of the OCR athletes place where they did, considering like you had professional triathletes out there. For the men, on the men's side, the top two finishers were triathletes. Jared Shoemaker, Josiah Middow, Middow man, Josiah, I apologize for mispronouncing your name. Herman Demick, Demick was in third, Ryan Atkins in fourth. Other OCR finishers, Aaron Newell in sixth, Ryan Kent in seventh. Hunter McIntyre in tenth place on the open water swim. What do you think about the OCR athlete's performance, Mike? Uh, well, a little surprised about uh, Hunter McIntyre being as low as he was. Um, but again, I think as Carlo said uh, earlier before we were recording, is that like he's very muscly and uh, doesn't help him float very well. Uh, along with, I think it was Kurt Maggot. Was he the football player? He did surprisingly worse than I expected as well, especially since he does have a free diving background and he's very familiar with the water, but I guess he couldn't really handle the cold. So I think that may be a factor there that a lot of people are really aware of. Um, because it does get kind of cold up here in uh, New England, so maybe that was a factor as well. You know, at this point, we're all so used to running, and we've learned to pace ourselves running. But if you remember before you got into running, I know that was a problem for me is I didn't know how to pace myself. So I felt like I couldn't run a long time, but it was only because I ran too fast. And swimming, I feel like it's the same thing. Once you get in the water and you start trying to do it, you have to learn how to pace. And for people that you know, Carlo, you're saying you don't think you could swim for 45 minutes, but if you slow down, you, you can. So right, good point. Yeah. that's, that's probably one of the things that hurt some of the obstacle racers, just that they don't hadn't spent a lot of time in the water like that. I yeah, wonder, I think cramping was an issue too. I wonder how, how, how soon they swam after the Spartan cross. Like if it was, it, it sounds like it was the same day. Like if it was immediately, if it was, you know, after a lunch break or, uh, I think someone made a comment on that about how it was pretty quickly after too. And so that was cause for a lot of cramping as well. And then also like, when's the last time most of these athletes went swimming? Most of us swim when we're kids, right? Like unless you make an effort to join a gym that has a pool or you live in Malibu, uh, you know, or you're a triathlete. And even people who have a pool in their backyard, I live in California and tons of people have pools, but they're these small little pools that you don't swim laps in. you like have your, you know, kids pool party in. So a lot of people, I think, yeah, I think this was a good challenging event for uh, pushing people out of their comfort zone. Well, even the football player being a free diver, he's not doing distance swimming with that. So again, right. not having to pace himself in that same, same kind of way. I really did like the format though. Like, you know, we, we love these endurance races like world's toughest where you get to stop in between laps. So the fact that they had a place they could get out and rest and then go for another one, that was pretty pretty cool made it interesting too a lot of these events you know that quote where they say if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree you'll think you know the fish is terrible at it but you know it 
I think of that, like these like triathletes were asking them to pick up, you know, 200 pound rocks and these like long distance runners were asking them to, you know, swim in cold water for 45 minutes. They don't have an ounce of body fat on them. So I have nothing but respect for all 12 or all 24 of these athletes on the women's side for the swim. First place was Lauren Weeks. Second place, Christy O'Connell. Third place was Lindsay Webster. The other OCR athletes, Corinna Coffin was in fourth, Ray Coble in fifth, Nicole Miracle in seventh. Uh, Jason, what did you think of the women's swimming race? I think uh, it was cool to see Lindsay Webster be surprised at how how well she did. You know, she, I guess, doesn't really consider endurance, long, really long distance and endurance stuff her uh, her thing. So not being a swimmer herself, uh, she did better than she expected. It's kind of a cliche to say that Ryan and Lindsay are nice people. Like, I, I, I hate saying it. It's true, obviously, but I hate saying it over and over because people keep saying it. But uh, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And I think that Lindsay defines that to me. She's like, wow, that was great. Like, I wasn't expecting third place. Like, she wasn't, like, flexing or bragging. She was, like, genuinely happy for herself. Genuinely excited. Yeah, yeah. and it's 100% genuine because I've met them several several times at several different events. And it's, like, that's just totally who she is. And, like... I thought it was funny during the the heavy lifting event whenever she's even like trying to lift that big stone that's like probably twice her size. And she still has like that same smile on her face. Unreal, right? Yeah. Always smiling. Always smiling. The final event of the day was the Spartan Highland Games, which had the tug of war, Spartan stones, and the Kaiser sled challenge, the sledgehammer slam. Uh, Carla, what did you think about tug of war for the men? Well, obviously, the I think the the highlight right of the tug of war was Kurt and Hunter, which they were setting up kind of pretty much throughout the whole thing. Um, it's kind of like I feel this. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen exactly in in the second episode, but I feel like there's a uh, Aaron Newell Hunter McIntyre wrestling match coming up. There's no way they can't have that. That just seems too juicy at this point. But yeah, it was it was great. Um, I really liked it. It, it makes me realize like, gosh, what a, what a interesting sport to be good at. Like how, cause there's brute strength, but there's also obviously there's technique, you know, and there's the jumping thing. And then do you think, and I thought it was interesting. Um, a lot, of, it was obviously Wait, very jumping. Slippery. What are you talking about jumping? Well, cause some folks were like, they would jump and then they'd, they'd almost try to like push and jump themselves, jump back, like to get a big lunge, which I just don't think that's a very like proper technique really. But what do I know? I'm not a, professional tug of war or but uh, tug of war person um but yeah i and i you know at the end of that one at the end of that or not the end but the the where, where that race with hunter and kurt was like so close and then it looked like hunter was going to go over and then i i think there's that really interesting spot i i think personally that kurt thought he probably had gone over and they were going to call it any second and i think he just kind of took a quick second of pause like, ah, I got him. But then, of course, it wasn't over. And that's when Hunter kind of did his 180 and reversed it. And then, because that was really exciting. That was, and the way they edited that was perfect. Because I don't know how long that match actually took. But it, it seemed pretty awesome. Mike, what did you think about the spot where it, it looked like Hunter may or may not have touched the line? race, Like the, the tug of war was over? What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I'm not too sure. Um, I, did, I did like the way that... Uh, 
Kurt explained how he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to play to the whistle, blah, blah, blah. I, I do agree with Carlo. I think there was probably a moment of hesitation because, I mean, Hunter was right there. And uh, I think it goes to show, like, the the footwork that you need in addition to just raw strength. If you've got chicken legs, that's not really going to help you very much, too. Um, so I was kind of surprised that Hunter ended up winning. Um, I don't know. I, th- I thought he touched the red. Uh, but yet again, if the judges didn't call it, it's kind of difficult. I mean, they had one they had one job to kind of see who was going over the line. And if they didn't call it, they didn't call it. So I didn't realize it yeah, until I was curious. Well, go ahead. And you had the anti right there see... eyeballing it, right? Yeah. They're yeah. sitting there watching it, but you know, they, they showed the spot where he was like spread out and his foot was right next to it. And then right after his foot leaned, turned a little bit and kind of did look like it touched it. But what was the rule? Do you have to just barely touch it to be out? And then right. again, they had refs, so they didn't call it. Did was replay part of the rules beforehand? I don't know. You know, I wonder if Spartan before this event, they're like, "Hey, let's get you know twenty four guys out here, 24, 12, 12 guys, twelve girls, and we'll have events." And I wonder if they were like, "We're going to have to have referees. We're going to have to have this is what the line means. Like, if you touched, like, or do you, did they think through all that? Like, what if someone throws a bucket at somebody else? <laughs> like, there's a lot well, of rules that happens. You can't plan that for that everything, happens. but yeah. Yeah, that happens at anything that you do for the first time. You're going to have rules that you could have never have thought of. Right, but they're, I'm sure they had the foresight to know that they would need some kind of judging going on because, I mean, everybody's competing for $100,000, right? So it's not yeah. just like a weekend, you know, let's all get together and have fun and compete against each other kind of thing. It's going to be Spartan Game Season 2. Throwing a bucket <laughs> is an automatic DQ. I feel like that's why we had to put this rule in there. I feel like the rule book for season two, if it happens, is going to be a lot thicker than the rule book yes, for season one. Exactly. Oh, yeah, for sure. Anna, the women's tug of war was Emma Chapman versus Faith Cook. What do you think about the women's tug of war? Yeah, so before that match started, Emma said that she realized she had soccer cleats in her car. I was like, oh, that's convenient. And also, like, is that going to, like, what, what what happens if she won that? Like, would that give had have given her an advantage? I don't know, but like Faith just totally just <laughs> pulled well, she, her over that line. Like, she got to the finals though with those cleats. Yeah. So the other ten sure. girls didn't have eleven girls didn't have cleats. Faith didn't seem to care much about the cleats though. Yeah, no that that made zero <laughs> that made zero uh, that d- didn't even play into Faith's. Something else for there. the rules for season yeah. two. Yeah. <laughs> you you saw sure them say that. They go, well, the rules didn't say you can't wear cleats. Exactly. And yeah. she's a all soccer people, player. So all the people that had VJ shoes on, those are practically cleats themselves. Yeah. VJ shoes, trail shoes with any kind of like aggressive lugs. Like. Toughest grip on the planet. I guess not. <laughs> it was funny to see the Spartan games kind of turn into a virtual world's toughest mother. Like, right. well, it doesn't say you can't put a dice inside the balloon. So <laughs> yeah, they'll be a little more specific with their rules for season two. <laughs> the next event in the Highland games after the tug of war was the Spartan stones. The men had five stones from 114 to 230 pounds to put on or over a shelf. The women had five stones from 70 to 160 pounds to put on that same shelf. Jason, what did you think of the men's Spartan stones? It's an interesting competition, you know, very more, much more similar to like a strongman lifting thing. In uh, some of those, you'll ha- they'll have the Atlas stones where they're nice and smooth, 
but the fact that they were just big stones uh, just made it interesting in itself of, of how do you pick up and the technique that goes along with that. And it kind of fit where they were, too, because, you know, before they got there, when they got there, before they even started the competition, Joe had them all carry rocks. And that's one of the things that he loves is getting people to just carry rocks. So uh, I think I said it to you, Will. You know, they had all these sponsors for each different obstacle and whatnot. And it's like this one was Joe DeSantis. He was the sponsor for the rocks. Yeah, there's not a lot of people selling giant rocks. Like those are literally just like they weren't like anything sculpt. And the only reason they were 114 to 230 pounds is because they just happened to be 114 to 230 pounds. They're like, hey, how big is this one? Oh, 114. All right. Write that on there with a marker. That's right. Just like we planned it. Yeah. Yeah. That was a prep for that event. Is everybody just going looking for various sizes? Real quick, go dig up a bigger rock. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting to me the spread in performance between some of the athletes. Some of the guys only got two of the stones up on the shelf. Some of the guys got all five stones in. Uh, Kurt Kurt Majid, uh, Majid got it in eighteen seconds. Eighteen uh, seconds. Hunter yeah. twenty two seconds. Grant McCartney twenty seconds. And then a lot of guys got stuck on four, and some guys just on two. It was interesting the difference in performance from top to bottom Let's yeah just say the ultra marathoners not as good yeah <laughs> yeah they knew like that too. yeah I, I was i was actually really surprised grant finished in the time that he did because i i wasn't expecting him to put up a like a top three time <laughs> i've watched ninja warrior for several years not like religiously but like i'll kind of watch i have a tivo and if it's on and then like i watched the last couple episodes to kind of see if anyone beats you know mount midoriyama grant mccartney is charming like oh, he, yeah. he is like, I don't know if he, I don't know like where he ranks on the Ninja Warrior athletes. Like if he's up there with the weatherman or whatever, but like, I am shocked. Like he hasn't become like a, his personality and just, he's, he seems, he seems like genuinely friendly and likable and nice guy. Like he should be like on posters out there. Yeah. I was thinking that while I was watching the episode too, I was like, man, this guy's just so nice. Like he's going out of his way to like help all these other athletes. And, and he said it at the beginning of the episode too, is like, that's just how they are in like the ninja community is they kind of support all of each other and they want to see each other succeed. And I think it takes a lighter person to be a good ninja, but he looks like he's a a pretty big dude. He was, he's got some muscle on him for sure. The women also had their turn on these Spartan stones. Uh, Mike, what did you think of the women's Spartan stones? Uh, so it's impossible to talk about this event without bringing up Faith Cook. Uh, the way that she oh. hurled those stones over was incredibly impressive. Um, and I thought it was kind of funny how she was saying how, oh, I didn't feel like I was going that fast. And then um, I think it was like the Island Ninja. He's like, no, no, you were, you were going fast. She had um, the fastest overall time, right? She was like 16 something, I think. I believe so. It was, it was incredible to watch. Yeah. 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 Uh, but again, like same same kind of thing with the spread there. I mean, you have Rhea Coble that was definitely towards towards the end there, and um, it just goes to show that it's it's such a unique group of athletes. Like you'll never see this group competing in another event for anything really, right? When I don't know if you, I don't watch a lot of MMA, but when Ultimate Fighting, I don't know if it's Ultimate Fighting or just mixed martial arts, when it first started, like thirty years ago, like the very first event, it had like sumo wrestlers versus like kickboxers versus box like it was just like this throw them all in there and let's see who wins kind of thing and it's kind of russian video it's kind of evolved into like most mma guys look the same now and like that's the 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 body type to win that kind of fight 
But when it started, it was just like a, like a, let's see what happens. Kind of like this. Yeah. If this stays around for a while, then you'll see the same thing happen. People will be training specifically for all those different types of events. You know, in CrossFit too, they do the same thing where they're given some, some loops here and there, but for the most part, they know what to expect. I think a CrossFit athlete that can also run is probably the ideal for something like this, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Which is kind of like Hunter McIntyre or Corinna Coffin. Like, yep. I, I want to talk about like predictions at the end, but I have, anyway, I have thoughts on that. The, the last event of the Highland Games was the, I keep forgetting the name of this. I want to call it the uh, Sledgehammer Slam, but that's because not it's it. a it's a forgettable event. No offense, I just, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. That's why they tacked it on to the end. <laughs> oh, okay. and, and just I thought the way it was kind of shot at, it was like dark, you know, and yeah. it's really tough to kind of film something like that. I just, yeah, there was a reason I didn't get a whole lot of screen time. Yeah, that was actually a uh, a CrossFit event once yep. upon a time, like what four years ago or so, the Kaiser Sledgehammer. Yeah, and there was that controversy because people were hooking it with the end yeah. of the Sledgehammer and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's they a Kaiser sled, right? Is that what they call it? Or? Yeah. Kaiser something. I just <laughs> Kaiser hammer thingy slide. <laughs> yeah. So for the Highland Games, anyway, it, it was difficult. Like, 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 like there was obviously it was the last event of the day. It was dark. They were doing it in like a barn and they yeah. didn't, they didn't show any times or any results. I have no idea who finished first, who finished last. We have um, results for the whole Highland Games though. The last event uh, for the men in first place, Hunter McIntyre. Second was Kurt McGee. Majit. Third was Grant McCartney. The uh, the other OCR athletes for the men, Ryan Kent in sixth, Aaron Newell in seventh. Kind of surprising for me, Ryan Atkins finished in eighth place in the, the Highland Games overall. Um, uh, Jason, what do you think of the, the men's results for the Highland Games? Ryan may have gotten out early in tug-of-war, and actually that's one thing I, I would have liked to have seen tug-of-war been more of a bracketed uh, double elimination or something, something other than just single elimination. That's it. Because and, that's, you know, Mike Fortian goes up against the football guy and then he doesn't even get a chance. Yeah. Because they were randomly assigned for the first, you know, first brackets. So yeah, no, that's a great point. Ryan could have got against Kurt the first yeah. round and be gone. Yeah. But I'm also curious, where did Hunter really make up his points? Like he got, uh, you know, the, I guess it was the tug of war that did it for him. How, how far ahead was all his points? I first we don't know it's hard yeah I don't know like how they did in the individual um and he got 25 because he got first in the Highland Games overall but what Hunter won he, he won the, he won the tug of war he might he probably did good on the uh the sledgehammer slam he was third oh yeah he was well he was third in the rock the stone lifting right so yeah. first first third, third and then whatever the sled was yeah on the women sense. on the women's side Faith Cook dominated she won first place Emma Chapman with second Lauren Weeks in third the OCR athletes, Corinna Coffin finished in fourth for the Highland Games. Uh, Nicole Miracle in ninth. Lindsay Webster in tenth. Ray Coble was either 11th or 12th. She finished with zero points. Uh, Anna, what do you think of the women's results there on the Highland Games? Well, I'll just reiterate that Faith just destroyed all the competition on that one. Strange competitions. Awesome. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm, I wasn't really surprised with the CrossFit, CrossFit athletes uh, finishing that event as they did um and the ocr athletes you know with the ultra running and running backgrounds finishing where they did so it was kind of it was a little bit more expected for me 
but out of them seeing Corinna do the best makes makes sense too. Fourth place is yeah. respectable. Like if Corinna's gonna make a run at winning the whole thing, she hasn't had a bad performance yet. Let's talk about the current standings after day one on the men's side. First place is Hunter McIntyre with forty four points. Again with that asterisk pending penalties. Second is Ryan Atkins with forty one. Third is Herman Demink with thirty seven. Fourth, Ryan Kent with twenty nine. Fifth, Grant McCartney with 27. Sixth, Aaron Newell with an asterisk pending penalties with 26. Tied for seventh place is Josiah Middog and Jared Shoemaker with 25 points. Ninth place is Kurt Majit with 19. Tenth place, Matt Stevens with 14. Also tied for 10th place is Max Fennell with 14. Twelfth place, Mike Wardian with two points. Yeah. Any thoughts on that before we talk about the women? I think what's interesting and well, one thing, one thing you notice looking at the, at the leaderboard is that there's some guys that haven't gotten any screen time, right? Yep. Max Fennell, I think, I think I saw him lift one stone. So it's interesting to see if they're going to do some disciplines where those guys get a chance to, to shine. Uh, the other thing I think that's interesting to see is that Herman Demick guy, he's the, he's the strength and conditioning coach. He was actually um, Kurt Majet's strength and conditioning coach at Tennessee is what he, what he said. I mean, you look at his scores, he's actually been in the top five or so. And I mean, he scored 10, 10 points, 15 points, 12 points. So he's a good all around athlete and he obviously can run a little bit. So it'd be interesting to see how he holds up because he's, I mean, he's up there at the top with some of the big guys and he's not someone that most people know. It was interesting to see Hunter come out from the beginning to say he just wants to beat Ryan Atkins. Like that's his expectation is that Ryan Atkins is going to be the one that he's got to beat. Yeah, part yeah, of I that. I think he's just there to toy with. Uh, he wants. He likes toying with with uh, Aaron, but he knows that Ryan's probably more of his legit competition. No offense to Aaron. I hope that they settle this penalty thing quickly. Like I don't want it to come to the fourth episode and. We the penalties decide who the winner is, right? Like, yeah, pretty like good though for the second episode. He got penalties, so he's not. <laughs> yeah, that right. would be stupid. But I mean, again, what could they possibly do for penalties though that would kind of keep the playing field, the competition, like pretty even? You know, because of where they stand now with Hunter in first and Aaron in six. Like, you definitely want to penalize them if that's what the decision comes to. But how do you decide what to do without? It could be something simple like maybe give them the a point placement below, like not change anybody's placement, just give them the points for the, the position below what they got for that one. For that one event. They yeah. could yeah. do a time penalty and assign it mm-hmm. on the, the, the 10th event. The last event of the Spartan games is another Spartan cross. Mm-hmm. They could hold them. Do you give them both the same penalty? You know, Hunter slapped them, right. shouldn't have slapped them. And Hunter started it, let's say, uh, you know, allegedly, but that bucket was definitely more of a weapon. That, and Hunter was right. Like, the bucket's worse than a slap on the chest. Not, not defending Absolutely. a slap on the chest. I got it. I got the answer. All right. At the beginning of the CrossFit, I mean, the Spartan Cross, uh, Aaron gets to slap Hunter, and Hunter gets to throw a bucket at Aaron. <laughs> right before they Look at that. Perfect. Done. I'd be more scared of Hunter throwing a bucket at me than I would. I would <laughs> Aaron too. Slapping me. I would let I Aaron would. slap me ten times before I let Hunter <laughs> yes. throw one bucket at me. Hunter could yes. throw anything no at me and I'd be afraid logic. of it. Yeah, <laughs> he could throw a puppy at me and I'd be like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's talk about the women's leaderboard. In first place is Lauren Weeks with 50 points. Second is Corinna Coffin with 47. Third place, Lindsay Webster with 41. Fourth place, tied for fourth place, is Christy O'Connell and Faith Cook with 34. Sixth place, Sam Briggs with 24. Tied for seventh is Nicole Miracle and Emma Chapman with 23. Ninth place is Ray Coble with 18. Tenth is Samantha Wood with 8. Eleventh is Kellen Tyler with 4. And 12th is Chelsea Magnus with two points. Mike, what do you think of the women's leaderboard? Uh, I'm not overly surprised to see Corinna Cawthon up there um, with OCR background, triathlon background, and CrossFit background. Um, you really can't go wrong with choosing someone like her. Um, Lindsay Webster is also someone that you can't really bet against. Uh, I'm not as familiar with the non-OCR athletes, but it definitely does seem to be spread out the way that you would kind of think by kind of looking and getting to know more of the athletes. Um, it's interesting because looking at the just how weighed uh, the events are towards strength too, uh, it should be interesting to see how it kind of plays out the next few events. You know, Lindsay, she obviously had a hard time with the strength stuff, but uh, she she dominated the the Spartan Cross like like Ryan did, and I think a lot of times we kind of look at them as being on equal playing fields for for obstacle course racing. But with this, I think Corinna is really more mm. so uh, Ryan's match. Uh, she's got the strength that's needed for some of the other stuff, but she's also got running ability. Maybe she's not the top air runner like Lindsay is, but she's a little bit closer, probably close enough. Yeah, and I definitely wouldn't count the other CrossFit athletes out of the women's uh the women's competition because those CrossFit athletes that they have on the women's side, I mean, they're seasoned CrossFit games athletes. So they're kind of trained to be ready for anything kind of mentality. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on Lindsay, but I, I think I agree, uh, that career is definitely one to one to bet on. <laughs> yeah. I think that, yeah, functional, you know, the, the functional athlete or whatever they call that, the functional sport athlete, um, especially if you look at what's left, there's like two deca, you know, there's a, there's two deca workouts, there's wrestling, there's this, the, yeah. And it's like, there's a lot of strength stuff still. And so it's like Lindsay, cause obviously she's not nearly as strong as some of the other women. She's going to have to like absolutely win the ones like the, the Spartan game, the, the, you know, the ones that involve a lot of running and, and like the mountain bike and stuff like that, because I don't think she's going to do as well. And there's still a decent amount of other strength you know, workouts still to come. So I think someone like Corinna or some of the other, you know, kind of cross-functioning athletes have a really good shot. The, one of the longer events that we're kind of looking at the OCR athletes to do well on is, is on day three, the Spartan Trail Ultra. Right. But I'm going to say only, that's only a six hour run, like, which is a long run. I get that. But like Lindsay and Rhea Coble, like they so dominate at the like yeah. 12 hour or real you know, Rhea never loses a 24-hour race. Uh, so I think that that's not going to be long enough for... I'm looking at, like, Rhea. Like, how can Rhea make a comeback? Like, that run, that run is not long enough for her to make a comeback. And then wrestling, the, the CrossFit women, all, all of them, the CrossFit guys, they're going to just destroy it that, right? Like, I can't see Hunter losing. Unless Hunter gets up, up against Kurt again. Like, say Hunter, you know, beats Aaron, like Carlos predicting, like, they're going to play each other. Um Kurt well, versus how do you not Hunt- have that? How do you not have that? Just Kurt- production value. You have to have that. <laughs> if I it's think it, randomly. Got, 
I think Hunter's got the wrestling skill, though, because we saw that with uh, Broken, Skull. Broken Skull. But then yep. I think some people will surprise you with the wrestling because, you know, Aaron had mentioned some things about the wrestling uh, during the, the filming of it that I, I guess he did better than, than expected. And then looking at Rhea, watching the little clip about her, uh, about the athletes, showed a, a picture of her in the in the ring, like ready to go. And that was a she had a face on that I don't. It didn't look like Rhea. Like she looked no. so much more intense than I've ever seen ever. She might turn into an animal. Who, who knows? I think we're going to see the same problem with uh, wrestling as we we saw with the tug of war. How it's a uh, single elimination too. So there's going to be a lot of elements of luck uh seeing who gets uh paired with who in the ring there did they, did they say that already sure. i don't know if they've said it on the show but i know it to be factual okay oh well, let's talk about let's talk about next Spoilers. episode um, <laughs> next week on spartan games is mike and mountain biking and deca strong and hunter threatens a lawsuit <laughs> that's such a good tease yeah, was that like it looked like it was from the first day though? Like it was the same. Yeah. He was wearing the same clothes. So it's like why Definitely. did they put that at the end there? Yeah, they put it at the yeah. It That's how part, reality TV works, man. It might be part of like a previously on package they prepare. Even <laughs> wanting more. Yeah. What do you guys think we're gonna see in episode two? More drama. Uh, yeah. Definitely more drama. I think they're feeding into this everybody team up against Hunter kind of thing. I feel like Hunter would love that, though, right? Like, that's kind of his jam. Oh, of like, Yeah, that's why he does it. That's absolutely why he th- did that for the very first episode. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I think ready for it. Atkins and uh, that Josiah guy will do really well. That Josiah guy is like a fat bike champion. That was actually the one thing I don't I didn't know who that Josiah Medow guy is. But the fact that in that first episode that that Ryan Atkins was like, oh, I saw Josiah was here. And I was like, oh, boy. And I was like, wait, someone made. Ryan Atkins kind of be like, uh oh, yeah. that was fantastic. So I had to go like, oh, who is this guy? Who's Josiah? <laughs> and so yeah, like the mountain bike thing is gonna be really interesting to see because you know uh, Atkins is no slouch. Like he's he's won plenty of races and stuff in, in his mountain bike days. So it'll be really fun to see how that pans out. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think for the rest of the series? Who are the top? Who do you think will be among the top three men? Like on the last day, looking back, final final standings, top three men. Uh, Mike, start with you. Uh, definitely Hunter McIntyre, Ryan Atkins. I think they have strength, speed, and just a variety of skills on their side. Um, I think the only question there is who's going to be the the other person in there. Um, it's really interesting to see Herman Demnick, Dem- Demnick yep. doing as well as he is. I really don't know much about him. Um, Ryan Cannon fourth. You really can't count him out. Uh, he's someone that's very good with um, a lot of the short course things, but he's also been on the selection um, which was put on by the History Channel, so he definitely has the mentally mental fortitude to go through days of grueling events. Uh, so I think that's going to help him too. Uh, the Island Ninjas doing phenomenal. Um, I don't know how he'll be in the long term because when it comes to American Ninja Warrior, um, not that that's not endurance, but it's not days long. You do your performance and you're done. Um, so I, I think we'll see some athletes start to fall apart, fall fall apart a little bit. Um, and I think you'll see the people who are uh, not physically strong definitely get separated a little bit too. So it should be interesting. 
You know, the filming of those Ninja Warrior things, though, they film them all through the night. So, like, they have to stay up and be ready to go. So, it really is more than just, uh, obviously, the physical part of it is do your run. But it, there's a whole lot more waiting around. Yeah. <laughs> being ready to go. That's a good point. Yeah, but do you think the that waiting around and, like, sleep deprivation is going to... I guess I was thinking about that, that uh, adventure race girl, Chelsea Magnus, like... Everyone's getting looks like a, you know good night's sleep or at least the same amount of sleep every night. Like I don't know if that's I feel like that. Uh, the hurt, I don't I don't know if we're gonna hit their wheelhouse. Those kind of athletes. Days in a row of that kind of stuff is is hard on you though. So maybe it will will take advantage. They will take advantage of it. Jason, what but do you think? I honestly think? don't see it. I don't see it changing a lot from what it is. Hunter Ryan Herman Ryan and, and Grant like. I wouldn't be surprised if that was in the top five. Not necessarily in the order, but somewhere in there. What do you think, Carla? Yeah, I, the men, I definitely think it'll come down to, I mean, not to be so predictable, but I think I think Hunter, Hunter Orion, because they're just so good at all some of the, the, you know, all of the little one-off things as well. I don't know how Hunter is on a mountain bike, right? But it's like, I know he can run. That's the one thing, Grant McCartney, for as strong as he is, you see in that, in, during the Spartan Cross, he's like, why is there so much running? So it's like, dude, that does not bode well uh, if you don't like running, like, and you know you've got an ultra marathon coming, and so it's like he's gonna have some 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 rounds there with very low points. So I think that'll probably kind of knock him out as to where you look at the stuff that's left. Yeah, and I think kind of like Jason said, I think that the top five right now as it stands, it's gonna be some iteration of that, but mostly between Hunter and Ryan for the men. Anna, what do you think? Top three men. I would have to agree with everybody, but I'm I'm really kind of like rooting for Kurt and Max to kind of like break through at some point. Kurt's kind of got this like underdog thing going about him right now. And I kind of want to see him like break out into and like give the top guys some, some competition up there. Do you remember your very first OCR or maybe your first Spartan race where you, you show up and you're in the festival area and everyone around you is jacked like every, and they're walking with their shirts <laughs> off and they got like, just such and, a great point. Yeah, yeah. That is the exact same feeling that I, th- I feel like Kurt had the first like thir- 20 minutes of the episode. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to do my best and I'm going to try and you know, I'm just here to, you know, not have a good time, but just like, like that. I, I got that. He same, said have a good time. I got that same energy off of him. Like these guys are studs and I'm feeling intimidated. I'm going to try. But yeah. I'm going to let myself, I'm not going to like hold myself, you know, beat myself up if these guys beat me because they clearly are impressive. Yeah. Well, and get... I'm sure there's like some hesitation there with some of the other non-OCR athletes like, oh, is this going to be an OCR related event? Sure. Like, you know. Did you guys catch that Ryan Kent is like the best hype man for everyone ever? Like... <laughs> Anyone they show like winning, he's running, he runs over to them. And I love it. I'm like, it's, it's, I loved his energy. He was literally like high-fiving everybody, even though I know he was giving advice to Kurt before the, you know, the, the tug of war and everything. But then he's like, he's just, he seems like, I've met him a couple of times, obviously at events, and he seems like a pretty chill guy. But yeah, he was genuinely excited for like everyone who was winning. And I was like, there you go. Take that energy. <laughs> you know what? There's obviously some drama. But I think like 95% of the sportsmanship has been outstanding. Like not just like good, but like oh, yeah. outstanding. Like um, as soon as right after Grant and Kurt did tug of war, uh, Kurt beat Grant pretty you know handily. 
as, as immediately uh, Grant walks over and gives him a high five. Like, Hey man, good job. Like immediately just walks over there. He's happy for him, even though he just lost. It was very impressive. Yeah. And gave him pointers about like, Hey, I almost had you because this, this, and this. Yeah. He switched his stance. And, that's right. Yeah. And yeah, th- I think that's probably what I've most enjoyed about watching this first episode is watching all those top tier athletes kind of interact with each other even though they're from different different disciplines and everything. Yeah, and then you see them get genuinely excited. Like there was one, I forget, I think it was when Kurt was doing the the stones, and he just, he blew through those things so fast. You saw like Atkins and those guys like run up. Because, you know, it's amazing if you're, you know, I don't know what it's like to be an elite athlete, but think about if you're an elite athlete and you try something and you're just like, oh, this is not my jam. And then you see someone just absolutely crush it. Mm-hmm. You're just like, you couldn't help but be excited because you're like, well, I just tried that and I totally flamed out. But that dude just threw those things. I mean, those first two stones, like Kurt threw those things like I would throw like my pillow. It was amazing <laughs> how strong that guy is. And real quick, when it comes to like sportsmanship, uh, Kurt, when he called out like, oh, I thought I won here. He wasn't whiny about it. He was just yeah. saying it how he knew how. Like in football, like, hey, this like, I want this to be reviewed. Check and then the after tape, when yeah. like... Yeah, and then he, you know, he he talked it out with like Hunter, who was very, you know, himself Hunter. about it, and <laughs> and uh, so I, I think it was good to see them like hug it out a little bit. Like, I think you can kind of see the true Hunter there too. Who, you know, he's there to like start trouble, but like he also wants like some good sportsmanship as well. That was like some football player in him coming out, like like contesting oh, yeah. the play, like check, check the it, tape, check you know. It. But there's the referee makes a decision. Okay, that's the decision. It's over. Like there's no whining, no throwing a fit. Like. I accept it. Ref made a decision. Yep. Anna, what do you think about the top three women? Final results into the into the Spartan Games. Who will be on the podium? Oh, so uh, yeah, I definitely think Corinna will be top three. Um, I don't want to count um, Sam Briggs or Emma Chapman out in the top three to five somewhere, um, just because of their performance in cof- CrossFit Games and like other OCR type events like TMX, like Emma. Um, and then third place, it'll be kind of interesting to see if Lindsay can hold her own in the top, um, you know, top three or five, three to five women. What do you think, Carlo? Yeah. Um, very similar opinion. I I think it'd be interesting to see. I think if Lindsay can, can hold tight to some degree in the strength stuff, she'll be okay. I do know she said at one point, like, she hadn't like touched a barbell in like forever. And I know there's like some barbell stuff with some of the the later ones with some of the strength stuff. So yeah, I think it really leans towards if you're a, a, a strength athlete who can run a little bit, which like Corinna is obviously. Um, and then I think that's why I really think she's probably got the best shot, but kind of like Anna said, it's, it's hard to, to go against some of the, also some of the CrossFit athletes as well. Um, but then there's, I don't know, I have a hard time going against Lindsay too, but maybe that's just the OCR side of me, like going that you never really, you know, push too hard against Lindsay. So, yeah. I'm surprised to see Emma Chapman as far down in the rankings after those three events as she is. So while I think I want to pull for her a little bit, I don't necessarily know if, uh, she's going to have enough out of the rest of the endurance events to get her higher in the, at least towards the top. You know, one thing that's interesting is we all feel pretty confident about the men, but the women, I feel like it could go, like Lindsay could be first place, second place, or she could be like sixth place. Yep. And with the men, like we feel pretty confident. And I don't know if that's just because we, it's not like we know the men better than the women, but 
Um, and also, like, we know the OCR athletes a lot better than we know Max Fenno or, you know, Samantha Wood. Um, anyway, that's just a thought. Jason, what do you think uh, about those top three? Oh, go ahead, Carla. No, I, was, I think we know the, the I think we, or at least we feel like we know the men's strength, strength capabilities a little more than maybe than some of the women. I think that's probably part of it. But um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll find out here soon. Jason, what do you think? Top three women. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. I, I expect to see Lindsay in in there somewhere. Uh, I would I would take it. Corinna probably will take first, but uh, you know she'll she's gonna have to fight for it. Uh, I I don't know if I can pick a third. Like Lauren Weeks pulled out that swim, but uh, she's kind of middle of the road with the other stuff. So yeah, I have to wait another day to see. Mike Stefano, top three women. Final results. What do you think? So first, I'm definitely taking Corinna Coffin. Uh, like I said, she has a skill set that suits her for just about every single one of these events. Um, even wrestling, I believe she was on Broken Skull as well. So there's there's really nothing that she hasn't really done before on here. So I, I think I'm going to pick her for first. Um, Lindsay really does well with what she does well with, which is a lot. But with the hardcore strength stuff, I think that's really going to make her lose a lot of points. So that should be interesting. And Lauren Weeks, so even if she did just kind of get middle of the road for some of the other events, um, sometimes being safely in the middle of the road might be enough if she's able to take the top for some of the events um, compared to the constant, like, first and last. Um, so I'm not sure who else to, to really look for. Um, I, I don't think Faith Cook was, is going to stay up there too long. Um, I know that she definitely has some of the big strength things coming up that will suit her, but... I don't see her doing really well with the trail running and, and everything like that. She's been very vocal about how she's, you know, a, a heavier girl because she's so muscular, and uh, that's really going to weigh her down quite literally for the the longer events. I think for the men, I think it'll be Hunter Ryan, and then and then also, you know, how at World's Toughest every year, this doesn't happen so much in Spartan Race, but it happens at World's Toughest a lot every single year, almost. Um, it's uh, uh, of the six podium spots one or two people are someone you've never heard of. Like you don't even know their name, right? Aaron Rost came out of nowhere two years ago. Right. Uh, I wonder if it'll be Hunter, Ryan, and then one of these guys that probably one of the CrossFit guys that you and I aren't as familiar with, but I think, I think one of those podium spots will be somebody that's not an OCR guy that we are familiar with. I think the same thing on the women's side. I think, I wish I knew Lauren Weeks better. I wish I knew more about her. Cause she's in first place for the women and, but I want to say like Corinna Coffin cause I know Corinna Coffin and, and like, I don't know if it was Anna or whoever said it, but like their skills, like her skill set is she's, she's CrossFit. She's done OCR. She's done battle frog. She's done uh broken skull. Like Corinna Coffin, like it's hard to pick against her. Right. I always say, I don't like betting against the champ. Right. But there's no Hunter McIntyre is a world champion. Uh, Ryan Atkins, world champion. Uh, uh, Lindsay Webster, world champion. Nicole Miracle, Rhea Coble. Like, there's a lot of world champions, and you can't pick them all. Right. So, I think I think we're gonna have one or two of the top finishers that are someone like we've never even we. Uh, Faith Cook, I hadn't heard her name before this week, right? And she's crushing it physically. Um, Mike, I think I think I'm gonna disagree with you on Faith Cook though. If she can dominate the last two Deca events or the two Deca events, and then you know just get some points from the trail running and some points from mountain biking. 
Um, I think she, Faith Cook might surprise us for how she finishes. Uh, she looks like she's, I don't know, you know, wrestling is a lot of technique too, but I think Faith Cook could be good at wrestling too. Um, the last event, the 10th event of the Spartan Games is another Spartan Cross. And that is a big chance for all of the OCR athletes that we know to kind of make up last minute points. Right. So I think, I don't think they did it on purpose, but I think if it's going to come down to like a tiebreaker kind of thing, the OCR athletes have a little bit of edge just cause that's the last event and everyone's going to know where they stand going into that. And I'm curious how much they'll change that up if it's going to be, cause if you know, Joe, it, there's no way he'll make it be the same course again. There's going to be a wrinkle or two probably thrown in there. I don't know for sure, but it seems, it seems to be, it seems that that's what you would do. Or then again, Maybe I'm wrong. You open and close with the same event and, you know, see what happens. I mean, it is Spartan Cross 2.0, so hopefully we'll see it change up a little bit. Why don't you guys talk about your podcast, your shows, where people can find more about you, and then uh, we'll wrap it up with last thoughts. Mike Stefano, how can people listen to your show? Uh, So it's Obstacle Running Adventures. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, We're also on the OCR Report website. And uh, we actually got a really nice shout out from the running public, which uh, made my week. Nice. So you can find us there. Jason Dupree. OCR Talk. Look us up on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, yeah, anywhere you get podcasts, it'll show up. It's me and Anna on there talking about stuff. And yeah, that's it. Go ahead, Anna. Carlo Piscatello. Yeah, well, I'm on the, uh, the Piss and Cock show, which is kind of on a little bit of a hiatus just due to COVID and other like us having jobs and whatnot, but uh, you'll also find me a lot of times here on the OCR report and world stuff podcast, especially going into next season, providing we get to have a season. Anna, you are on OCR talk with Jason. Do you want to plug anything special? A little bonus plug there for you. I got nothing. <laughs> how can I get an OC- How can I get an OCR talk t-shirt, Anna? Ooh, good question. Oh, that is on our Threadless site. The OCR report.threadless.com. Have any of you guys gotten your threadless gear yet? Yes, I finally got mine. Like the day after, I was like, where is it? I ordered like six t-shirts, like, because I need more OCR t-shirts, right? Yes. And uh, they're nice. They're high quality. The OCRreport.threadless.com. Very, uh, very excited about it. I'm sorry. Did yeah, you say everybody... that was the OCRreport.threadless.com? The OCRreport.threadless.com. You had it right, Carla. OCRreport.threadless.com. Yeah. Okay. And everybody should yeah. know. The, the shirts, when you look at the shirts and you see Extra Soft and Tri-Blend, the Tri-Blend shirts are going to be uh, pretty much a similar make that some of the old Spartan uh, finisher shirts were. And like even this Savage Race shirt I've got on right now, it's like a, a Heather uh, style, so you can tell it's blended. And those are, I mean, everybody knows those shirts. They're really soft and really good. And the other shirts, the Extra Soft, they are still very soft, but it's it's 100% cotton, so it's uh, a solid color and doesn't have quite the same feel, but still really nice. And that was ocrreport.threadless.com. Carlo, you're not getting paid per mention. It's just <laughs> <laughs> trying to be a good company, man. Hicks. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Guys, any last thoughts on the Spartan games? Can, can we get a reminder of how the events are going to go? Because oh, it's only three days of competition, right? Sure. Yeah. So there's four episodes. Uh, second, episode number two airs on December 9th. In that episode will be two events, Deca Strong and Mountain Biking. Day is that th- all what they did in one day, or is there more in that? No, no, they had they were there. Tell me if I'm wrong, guys. They were competing for four days. Correct. And each, each so. day of competition is one episode of television or a okay. video. So it is four 
four days of competing. So the, yep. on this episode two will be Decca Strong and mountain biking. De- episode three will be wrestling and the Spartan Trail Ultra. And episode four, the final episode will be Vertical 300, which I'm not exactly sure what that is. The Decca Heavy yeah. and Spartan Cross. That's a big climb. Yeah, it's like a trail race, but a, a climb. So was uh, it's like the Red Bull. What is that? The Red Bull 400? 400. Yeah. yeah. Man, it's we, like that, I believe. Tough, toughest Mudder Whistler was on a ski hill. And yeah. every, every lap. Venue. Oh, man. Every lap you had to go up that ski hill. It destroyed people. It was crazy. And by people, I mean me. <laughs> me. I'm people. All right, guys. Any last thoughts on Spartan Games before we wrap it up? Looking forward to seeing the rest of it. It's a really good yeah. show. It was super enjoyable to watch and can't wait for more. I've, I've got one thing, and it's just one of those things. It's literally the only, the only moment of the show that actually made me like lurch and, and be concerned. And it's kind of, an, kind of an odd thing, but anyone who's ever taken an OSHA safety class, if you watched Aaron Newell when he was trying to lift that one stone that was too heavy for him, like textbook how you don't lift anything ever. It was like straight legs, <laughs> bent at the waist, totally arched back. I was just, and I had just taken my like back care training at work like the previous week. So it was just, he had it. It was obviously too heavy and he just lengthened out. And I was like, no, no, dude. And then he dropped it. And I was like, oh my God. Like I, the inner, the inner OSHA person in me was like, okay, <laughs> no, he, he's decertified. He loses all lifting privileges from here going forward. So anyway, that was... When I watched the show, I thought to myself, I I would love to do this event, but whenever it came to the rock stones, I was like, I might have to bow out of that one. I think my back would explode. I don't think I could make it past like the second rock. Like, those rocks were heavy. Yeah, and awkward. Very awkward. I didn't even mention... I had to to pause the show because I was laughing so hard because of one audio clip. That's not just like fake meat. That's like real dangerous meat on a man. I actually wrote that down as one of my favorite quotes. Uh, the other one that I wrote down because I just love Ryan Atkins is if Ryan and Lindsay ever have kids, Ryan's going to be like, you could tell he's like kind of the tough love parent. He'll always tell you exactly what he thinks when he was telling Kurt before the tug of war. And he was like, he probably has better endurance than you. So take him out quick. He's like, look, dude, I'm just telling you how it is. Let's, let's be yeah. fair here. You don't, don't waste, don't waste your time on this guy. You got to go fast. Cause let's be fair. He probably has better endurance and he's not being mean. It's just like, that's legit. Yeah. He's not wrong. No, exactly. Solid (laughs) advice. And that's the thing. He tried. He didn't, he lost his opportunity to take him out quick. And then, yeah. And the advice was correct. Like Ryan was not wrong. He like hundred percent. That's right. All right, guys. So December 9th on Spartan's YouTube channel, episode two, I will be watching it along with you. OCR report team. Thanks much. Thanks. Will. thanks, Will. Thanks, Will. You want to say hello? No. Bye.